welcome to the Sex, Self, and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Fatima, but you can call me Tima. This is a lifestyle podcast focused on sex, self, and relationships. This podcast will provide sex education, focusing especially on female pleasure. We will discuss self-development and how we can become the best versions of ourselves, all while exploring our relationships and how we can show up as our best for all of them. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm recording this the last day of 2023. Is it just me or did this year go by like ridiculously fast? It still feels like it was just January. We were just saying Happy New Year for 2023. Now it's literally the end of the year. Today's episode is on mistakes made in 2023 turned to lessons learned in 2024. Before we get into the show, I got to be real with y'all. 2023 whooped my ass. Like, it whooped my motherfucking ass. I don't think I've ever cried so much in my life this year than ever. Maybe it's because this was probably the first year that I was really working on not suppressing my feelings. Maybe it's because I faced a lot of things that I tried to run away from. I'm not sure what it is, but 2023 whooped my motherfucking ass. But as much as it whooped my ass, it also taught me a lot of valuable life lessons I needed to break out of a lot of my toxic life patterns. Let's get right into the show. These life lessons that I'm going to talk about today are in no particular order. Some happened to me the beginning of the year. Some happened to me the middle of the year. Some happened to me many times during the year. A lot of these life lessons and mistakes I made didn't just happen once. It didn't just happen in 2023. Many of them have been happening for a long time. I just wasn't aware of them. Didn't have the tools to attack those lessons yet. Whatever it is, they're lessons that I finally was able to face this year and was able to finally break out of. The first lesson is just because you pretend like you don't know what you do know about a relationship, whether it's a friendship family relationship, or an intimate relationship, it doesn't make the information you do know in your body, in your gut, about that relationship go away. Some information we truly know in our gut about a relationship, we don't want to know because it hurts too much. And that kind of information could be that you know truly in your heart that they don't love you, or you know truly in your heart that this person can't be trusted, or you know that they don't really like you like that. Like, they're a frenemy or whatever the case may be. You know this information in your heart, but you don't want to admit to it. You're still trying to fight it in your mind because you're like, well, I don't really have any real proof. Like they haven't blatantly told me that they do not like me or they do not love me. So then maybe there's still hope. Maybe they do kind of love me. Maybe they do kind of care about me. Maybe they can be trusted. But deep down in your heart, you know, based on little signs, Your body is telling you that this person does not care about you. And that is a hard lesson that I had to learn this year and I had to face this year. If you get the feeling that someone does not love you, someone does not care about you, or someone don't really fuck with you like that, that is important feedback from yourself that you should never ignore. It doesn't matter how important the relationship is to you. Challenge yourself to challenge that thought. If you're having that idea, Don't just block it out. 
Don't just try to shut it out every time the idea comes up in your head. Challenge the thought. Ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like this person can't be trusted? Why do I feel like this person don't like me like that? Ask yourself. Maybe even try to have a conversation with the person. You don't need to directly ask them, do you love me? Can I trust you? Because nine times out of 10, people will not be honest with you. In some cases, people are not even honest with themselves. Some people are in relationships with people that they truly do not like, that they don't love, that they don't care about. They don't care about their well-being. But they cannot even admit it to themselves because if they admit it to themselves, that makes them feel like they're a bad person. So they will lie to themselves about it. But at the same time, their actions towards that person is saying something else. It's saying how they really truly feel deep down inside. So you don't have to wait for the person to announce to you that they don't fuck with you. Sometimes you just have to trust yourself. You can ask them questions to see where their head is at. You can try to communicate your needs and communicate the things you need to make you feel loved. But at the end of the day, you have to go with what you truly know inside. And if you feel like someone does not love you, someone does not care about you like that, the longer you ignore it, the longer you betray yourself. And the more it'll hurt when the person finally decides to confirm what you've already known. Because eventually they will confirm it. They might not say it directly to you, but their actions will confirm it. And they can confirm it in a way of betraying you, in a way of doing something real messed up to you. You don't have to always wait for that. Sometimes you just have to trust your gut feeling and know that this person does not really love me. I need to keep my distance or I need to set boundaries to protect myself. You don't have to completely shut out everybody in your life that you feel like can't be trusted or doesn't truly love you, but you can set boundaries in place to protect yourself. So if you're feeling this way about someone in your life, if you're feeling this way about someone that you truly care about, figure out what boundaries you need to set in order to protect yourself and do that as soon as possible. Because there's nothing worse than feeling something deep down in your gut and not trusting that until it's too late. Do not betray yourself. The second lesson, it's okay to be the bad guy sometimes. Trying to be the good person in everyone's story is a recipe for disaster. Not only is it impossible to accomplish, but it'll leave you constantly drained and unfulfilled. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how nice you are to everyone. It doesn't matter how much you go out of your way for people. There will always be someone out there that considers you to be the bad guy in their story. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. So knowing that information, why are you trying to be the good guy in everyone's story? Peace and freedom comes from being okay with understanding that you will not be good in everyone's eyes. When you can release the false illusion of control of how people perceive you, you have more energy to pour into yourself and working on how you see yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's what truly matters. When you see yourself in a good light, that's what helps you sleep at night. It doesn't really matter how other people see you because you'll never be able to confirm how other people see you anyways. Just because someone says they think you're a great person, it doesn't really truly mean that they truly feel like you're a great person. Someone could tell you they think you're a great person and then you hear from someone else that they actually feel like you're a horrible person. You can't control how other people think of you, but you can control how you think of yourself. So when you can release yourself from trying to control how other people think of you, you have more energy to pour into how you think of yourself. 
when I learned to be okay with being the bad guy in some people's stories, it made it a lot easier for me to set boundaries this year and stand strong on my nose. When I finally understood that some people will think I'm an asshole and that's okay, it was okay to say no. It was okay to be an asshole. Like, all right, like, it is what it is. At the end of the day, as long as I don't think I'm an asshole, that's what matters. As long as I'm doing right by myself, as long as I'm not betraying myself, as long as I'm living a life that aligns with my values, that's what matters. And that's been very freeing. The third lesson learned. Nothing is given to you for free. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Nothing in this world is given to you for free. Be careful with the gifts you accept. People give gifts or offer no-cost services with the expectation of receiving something in return. That's just a fact. Think about all the times you've given gifts in the past. You might say, oh no, I just did it because I wanted to be nice. Or you might say, oh no, I just did it because I was trying to be a kind person. I didn't expect anything in return. That's bullshit. Everyone gives with the expectation of receiving something in return. That something doesn't have to necessarily be something tangible. It could be something emotional. It could be anything. But everyone gives with the expectation of receiving something in return. They may want love in return. They may want a future favor. They may want your admiration. They may want your attention. It could be anything. But there's always something that someone wants in return. So keep that in mind the next time someone gives you something for free or gives you a gift out of nowhere or for a birthday or for whatever it is. Keep that in mind. If you have no interest in returning the favor, do not accept the gift. The fourth lesson. To be good at anything, you have to be okay with going through the struggle stage. The struggle stage is the point when you're learning something new, but you're still terrible at it. This stage is full of constant bruises to your ego, leaves you regularly embarrassed, uncomfortable, and even afraid. I picked up a few new hobbies this year. I learned how to ride a bike. I'm learning how to salsa dance, taking tennis classes, relearning how to crochet, and some bird watching. What they all had in common was the struggle stage. Some had a struggle stage longer than others. For many, I'm still in the struggle stage, even after months of practicing these new hobbies. When I was learning how to ride a bike, the struggle stage was goodness. It was difficult because learning how to ride a bike as a 30-year-old in public by yourself is quite embarrassing. I mean, you're watching little kids circle around you to learn something that most people learn when they're younger. So it takes a lot of swallowing your pride and it takes a lot of just being okay with being uncomfortable being okay with being embarrassed and being okay with like not being great at it. And what I'm learning from all these new hobbies that I'm practicing, I'm working on being better at this year is part of the price of admission to gaining these new skills is the struggle stage. I have to go through the struggle stage. It's like the initiation of being able to acquire these new skills. Now I'm great at bike riding. Like I'll be out here showing out. I'll be out here riding everywhere, you know, like standing on my bike, doing all these new things that I never thought I could do in the beginning of the year. But I had to go through the struggle stage of bike riding in order to be able to earn the privilege to be good at it now, in order to be able to earn the privilege of riding in 
Bogota and riding in Cartagena this year and riding all over Prospect Park and riding in all these places that I never thought I could ride. And if I didn't go through that struggle stage and I just gave up during that struggle stage, I wouldn't have been given the gift of acquiring that new skill and being able to experience these new experiences that I'm so very much grateful for now. The struggle stage is what sets the people who think they want to accomplish something apart from the people who actually want to accomplish something. Because it's easy in the beginning to want to accomplish something. In some cases, there are months of struggling at it. There are months of saying, I actually suck at this and I don't want to do it anymore. Can you still be consistent? Can you still keep on keeping on to ride out that struggle stage? Because that struggle stage doesn't last forever but it could last some time. And a lot of the hobbies that I'm still working on now, salsa class, tennis, all these things, I'm still in the struggle stage. And honestly, I think about giving up every time. So basically there will be certain things where you can ride out the struggle stage because it's something you truly want. And there will be certain things that you don't ride out the struggle stage because maybe your heart isn't truly in it. But if you want something you're going to have to ride out the struggle stage in order to get it. And you can use that for anything in life that you want to accomplish. Not necessarily hobbies, but just all things in life. The fifth lesson. It's not about you. This year revealed to me that 99% of people's negative behavior towards me has nothing to do with me. We're all just reacting to new experiences based on our past experiences. Unless you're doing deep inner work to reflect on present actions to see how they compare to the past, it's very easy to miss that you're doing this as well. Y'all know I'm in therapy every week. So I've been able to see how my past is showing up in my present relationships. And through that, I've also been able to see how other people's past is showing up in their present relationships with me. There's been a lot of things that I've internalized as a kid that's created these limiting beliefs of not being worthy or not being good enough based on people's actions to me from my past that I'm realizing now that has actually nothing to do with me. These people treated me the way they did, not because I wasn't worthy or because I wasn't good enough, but because of the things that they've been through in their past. I actually had an experience this year where I was able to confront someone from my past a family member that, you know, hurt me with their words a lot when I was younger. And I held on to those words and I internalized it and it created a lot of limiting beliefs about myself. It made me think that I wasn't worthy and made me think that I wasn't good enough or it made me think that I wasn't worth love because of the way they treated me. For a long time, I held on to a lot of anger for that person because I just never understood why they treated me the way they did. Because I didn't think I deserved it. But at the same time, my child mind at the point felt like maybe I did because no one ever stood up for me about it. No one ever told that person that they were wrong. Only I felt that they were wrong. So as an adult, I was able to confront them and ask them why they would do it. And what was revealed to me was it had nothing to do with me. They were just taking out their anger from someone else on me. I was an easy target. They did not have the courage to fight back the person that actually hurt them. 
So they took out those negative words on me. They treated me the way they wanted to treat the person that actually hurt them. And that just made me realize that that's just how the cycle goes. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt the people that don't deserve it. So basically, I say all this to say, the next time someone disrespects you, takes advantage of you, take your love for granted, those behaviors aren't directed at you because you deserve it or because you're not worthy of being treated better. Most likely, the person is simply reacting to their past experiences. If you dig deep enough, you learn the root cause of the person's behavior started way before you showed up and has nothing to do with your interactions with them. So have grace with yourself. If someone treats you less than you deserve, do not internalize that and make that a story about you. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about them. The sixth lesson, trust should be earned. My motto used to be, I will blindly trust people until they gave me a reason not to trust them anymore. 2023 taught me that was a high-risk motto, and it leaves you vulnerable to being taken advantage of. Now, my new motto is, people must earn my trust. In order to trust someone, you have to first get to know them. It takes time to get to know someone. Everyone is on their best behavior initially. We've talked about this before. Similar to job interviews, the person we present when we first meet people is our representative. It's not really who we are. We are showing the best version of ourselves, and that does not reflect all of who we are. It doesn't reflect our bad days. It doesn't reflect our okay days. It doesn't reflect those days where we're depressed and we're angry. It it doesn't reflect all those versions of us. We're on our best behavior. So in order to actually get to know someone and see if you can trust them, you have to give yourself time to learn all versions of them. Before you fall in trust with the next kind-seeming person you newly meet, remind yourself to be patient. Give yourself at least three months of getting to know them. And this is something that I actually started to do, especially if you're dating someone. When you first meet someone and you go on a first date, And it seems like everything is just so perfect. And you're just like, oh my God, this is my husband. This is my wife. I'm going to marry them, blah, blah, blah. If you tend to do that often, mark on your calendar after that first date, three months from then. Put a note. Are they for real? Something like that. Or can they be trusted? Or are they still here? Three months from now. The three-month rule is mostly good for Connections where you are constantly talking to the person. This is not someone that you only talk to every once a month. This is for connections where you're actually interacting with the person on a regular basis, multiple times a week, maybe even every day. Mark on your calendar three months later. There's a lot of information you gain in those three months. And that will determine whether or not that person can be trusted whether or not this person is here to stay. Most people don't make it to the three months. If it's someone that you don't talk to on a regular basis, you might need to do more than three months. But in order to confirm if you can trust someone, you have to be patient and give yourself time to actually get to know them. Because when we don't do that, we go based on the first impression and then we just create different ideas of who we think they are in our head. And then we start trusting that version of them, which that version does not exist. 
And then with time, as we get to know them, we don't want to believe who they truly are because we're so attached to the version of them we created. So if you want to avoid making that mistake and trusting the wrong people, give yourself at least three months and mark it in your calendar. After the three months of getting to know them, if you still think as highly of them as you thought when you first got to know them, maybe they are worthy of your trust and maybe they can stick around. It doesn't mean you just now blindly start to trust them, but you can open up a little bit more. The seventh lesson for today is that could definitely be you. Have you ever witnessed someone making a huge mistake and you thought to yourself, that could never be me. 2023 taught me that could definitely be me, (laughs) y'all. I used to be looking at people making certain mistakes and I'm like, what? They crazy. How could they do that? That could never be me. I could never make a mistake like that until I made some crazy ass dumb mistakes this year. And it's okay. I'm not going to be hard on myself, but it just made me more compassionate for those that do make the mistakes that I've judged in the past. Your mistakes might not be identical to the ones you've witnessed from others, but we're all capable and will make stupid mistakes that others can judge us for making. We all come with a blind spot, especially when it comes to matters of the heart. One person's obvious mistake is another person's I never saw it coming. Our blind spots are a result of our upbringing. Toxic traits that might have been normalized in your childhood may have been ingrained to others as major red flags. So to them, it's an obvious mistake, while to you, it's normal behavior and vice versa. Some things that maybe your mom already told you about, like, don't fall for this mess because I've been there, I've done that. It's a big red flag. Some people, they're used to that, and it's not something they notice as a red flag. So before you go around judging people for making crazy mistakes or making stupid mistakes, remember to practice compassion. Remember that it could be you. Your version of a stupid mistake would just be different because we all have blind spots. And your blind spot is different from other people's blind spots. So practice more compassion and be less judgmental when it comes to other people's blind spots. Because that could be you too. That could be all of us. The eighth lesson for today. By the way, there are 10 lessons. The eighth lesson for today. Sometimes the best thing for you is the hardest thing to do. It may feel uncomfortable. It may break your heart. It may even make you cry like a damn baby. But you know deep down inside in your heart, you're making the right decision. Feel your feelings, but stay courageous. Your later self will thank you for your bravery. The ninth lesson. You get to choose how you want to be loved, but you don't get to change how someone loves you. It doesn't matter how great of a teacher you are. You'll never be able to teach someone how to love you if they're not interested in learning. Teach them how you want to be loved. Pay attention to how they're willing to love you. Decide if it meets your need and if you want to participate. That's all you have control over. See how people love you. Choose whether or not you want to participate. Simple. You can tell them how you want to be loved, but you cannot force them to love you that way. Number 10 and the final lesson. Love doesn't impede on your growth. The people who truly love you and care about you will love you through your growth and life changes. Even if it makes them uncomfortable. Because sometimes when people change, people that we're close to change, it does trigger some discomfort in our body. If you're used to someone behaving a certain way, you've already become accustomed to it. If they change and stop doing that, 
it could trigger some sort of discomfort in your body. It could make you unhappy, especially when that change means it doesn't benefit you the way it used to benefit you. But the people who actually fucked with you, the people who actually love you, will still love you regardless of that change. They may be uncomfortable in the beginning, but they'll still ride it through with you. Especially if that change makes you a better person and makes you happier long term. Love is wanting the best for the person you love. So if you're in relationships where your growth is something that they do not like and it makes them not want to be in relationship with you anymore, that is not love. That is not someone that cares about you. So if you find yourself limiting your growth because of how it may negatively affect the people in your life, this is your sign to stop doing that. This is your sign to pursue your goal to the fullest and see who sticks around and who drops off. Make it a little game. It is what it is. If you really want to know who really fucks with you, if you really want to know who truly loves you, start to grow. Start to become the better version of yourself. And the people that love you and the people that care about your well-being will be revealed. And those that can't stand it, those people were never meant to be in your life. Because like I said, love doesn't impede on your growth. And those people never loved you. And it may be hard to face because sometimes the people you learn that don't actually really love you in that way and the people that don't support your growth are most likely going to be the people closest to you. And it's hard to let go of those people, but it's completely worth it. But it's also at the same time, it's so fun seeing the people that sticks around. It's so fun seeing the people that truly fuck with you. It's so fun. And I hope that all the people in your life do reveal themselves to be the ones that want the best for you. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. I wish you all a very happy new year. And I wish you all blessings, accomplishments, joy in this new 2024 year that we embark on. May you learn new lessons. May you love fully. May you be happy. May you attract kind, loving, genuine people. May you be surrounded by support and love all the time. I love you guys very much. Thank you for riding with me on the SSR podcast. We in this new year. Let's make it better. Let's do it better. And let's rock on. Bye, guys. See ya. Please like, share, and most importantly, leave reviews to help the podcast grow. For more information on the resources used in this episode, please refer to the links in the bio. Thank mm-hmm. you.